This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Tilford, joined by Cy White. And joined by Ewan Patterson. Hello. A very I'm, confused Ewan Patterson. Got my bloods up, man. <laughs> He's got his bloods up. Um, because we're going to talk all things Spider-Man 2 spoilers. So if everything's on the table, you've been warned. Hopefully you finished the game as you're listening to us. But we don't care if you're not. We're going to dive into all sorts of different things. Um, we've got umbrella topics to hear. Obviously, there's talking points at like the ending, the story, Venom, the side content, etc. However, one thing that we started discussing that I was like, no, we need to hit record and get this down is the discussion around the opening of the game. Um, already being passed around as one of the best openings to a game um, in quite some time in years. It's the big Sandman fight from the opening of the game where you're swapping between Spidey and Miles. Um, I didn't think this was anything special and Sai, you started to say something very incendiary yeah I think it's probably the worst part of the entire franchise to this point Um, I loved some of the spectacle stuff in this game and also the other ones where it's like you're watching it and you're like this is the best Spider-Man movie I've ever watched it's Mm -hmm. so cool and occasionally I get to press some buttons and I'm not mad about the quick time event part but this opening to this game I just couldn't wait for the game to actually start. I was just like, just get on Preach. with it. I want to get to the game part of the game. Like it just <laughs> felt clunky and like spectacle wise, it was it was only okay for me. But I was mostly just like, cool. Where's where's the game in this? Can I do do you want to game? fight some identical enemies? Some, uh, sorry, is it game some in a video game? Do you not take control of a character and like play through it? Is that yeah, not but the how game? Much do we, how much do you like quick time events and on rails stuff and the there's most no, standard thing they could have done? There's barely any QTEs in that opening, honestly. I mm. think you're I think you're both spoiled in terms of like <laughs> where we are and like how the technical like th- that is such a great technical showcase for like this generation of hardware and where it's what what it's capable of. And like Sandman for me, I'm slightly biased I have to say because like Sandman is my favorite Spider-Man builder. He's one of my favorite like Marvel characters in general. Um, but like the whole like, I think that's such a great, like, the layering of tension and excitement. It reminds me, like, I think it's just as good as the intro to the first game. And yeah. we can't talk about series low points 
that being among them when Miles Morales had so much like rote story content in it too that to me is wild (laughs) there's an interesting thing to talk about with like yeah like the the idea of filler in this game because I mean it's a whole other thing but like the the mini games some of the side content and like the fact that a lot of the conversation around Miles Morales was like oh they trimmed it all down they focused it from the 2018 one and it's way more straightforward you're not having to worry about putting genetic strands together or whatever the hell we were doing as Peter in the 2018 one and then all that stuff is back in this one and there's a, it's a different mini game every five minutes and then it's like, okay do 10 of these over and over again and um, i quite like that focus that was there for miles morales and i think like i mean sp- specifically for the intro though for me it was like the enemies i was fighting all just felt like i was just fighting mush men it felt like i was fighting the dudes but from the end of the, the you, 2016 you suicide impressed squad. by like going in and out of the buildings like swinging around seeing the amount of like particle effects going on getting pinged halfway across the map going back forward combining the two spider-men's abilities and doing all of, I'm just, I'm genuinely like I'm genuinely perplexed <laughs> that 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 hasn't left an impression and in fact the only impression that's left is negative that is shocking that, to me that for me like didn't it didn't stand out as a showcase of SSD tech or what they can do like I, it didn't just for me it was just a, it was a standard big boss fight with lots of you will stand exactly here and do exactly this I don't know if I go that far like I feel like it was very clearly like look this is the PS5 one I got that I was like <laughs> yeah okay you couldn't have done this in the previous games fair enough like on a technical level it was impressive but from a jumping in at the gameplay point that's not what I wanted out of the game like mm. I didn't want like a here's a giant boss fight you fly around a little bit and press a few buttons to beat him it was just kind of like it was a little underwhelming for me <laughs> I think there's another thing as well I mentioned this to you and I, and I am wrong about this but I think there's, there's an interesting talking point <laughs> Around I'm like that for every single. Oh yeah, you just just take. I put on a t-shirt. <laughs> but um, the thing is, like, there's there's a to me there's a feeling around the original Spidey game that like it was like a traditional Spidey story. It was just a Peter Parker story, and it was just like quite. A, a, I'm gonna use the word grounded because it felt quite grounded. You can argue there's all the Mr. Negative stuff. And I know me and you have already talked about this, mm. but I always I thought that the original of these games was quite a straightforward, solid, relatable, cool, nice little Spidey story. And then it's like over time, and especially the beginning of this one, which kind of compounded it, it's like, here's this giant kaiju fight in New York. And for me, some of the most, the worst parts of this game are when the scale is humongous, like the symbiote invasion, but it doesn't feel like it. No it's one's really reacting to it. It's a video game, Scott. This is completely astounding to me. Like, there's no, like, the whole, there's, there's a different thematic bent to the game here, where the original is more tech-focused, and you have that. But it's mm-hmm. still complete nonsense if we're talking about it being grounded or whatever. The whole human element to the story is still there in this one. Yeah, and it is, like, but... Like, it's like, oh, like, I don't know, like, if you can't get behind squishy, goopy ridiculousness in your Spider-Man game, I'm, I'm just a little bit confused about what you want out of Spider-Man, because he has never just been grounded. Things that are believable, like if you're going to do a big the... kaiju fight, what? It's, and you're going to do, Spider- like... It's Spider-Man! It's Spider-Man. That's not a catch-all, though. Like, it, it doesn't make... Like, in this one, there's a big old kaiju fight, and then at the end, there's the whole alien invasion. There's yeah. no response from New York whatsoever, or the Avengers, or anyone. Like, well, that's, that that's, didn't work. That's that's not the... That's a different issue altogether. Like, the fact that there isn't the issue. The issue really is, like, how they don't make the world feel as responsive to those things as it maybe should be. But I don't think there's I don't think there's any argument you can put forward here where it's like the Spider-Man game is weak because it leans into 
wild comic book stuff because this has always been a part of the character um especially you know if you lean back into the 80s and then like you grew up with the 90s cartoon man this is just as wild as the 90s cartoon and stuff yeah i mean it's, it's definitely like it's definitely playing in that ballpark it was just like and there's an overall feeling of escalation here that doesn't pay off or feel overall believable and I'm, i am citing that bigger sense of stuff like the kaiju stuff like the symbiote invasion or whatever like and then that being the opening it was just like oh man this is like full-on what the hell are we doing this is all over the place and then in terms of the gameplay it just felt very standard and the stuff that Sai said um but that was my thought i mean that was the thing i didn't think it started off on a good footing um me and Sai messaged a little bit about some of the side content like some of the stuff with yuri the parry system some of the boss fights and the boss design um and that particular fight against um yuri is kind of held up at the minute as being one of the hardest ones in the game yeah and sure. um like, I guess just general, I mean, we should definitely give us some positives as well, because we've definitely got in on it immediately. And you and you gave it four and a half stars in the review. So there's a lot of really good positive stuff to talk about as well. Um, but thoughts on, I guess, the combat stuff, like the bringing the parry, uh, bringing the parry move in, and then that works with certain enemy types. You know, the phrase, um, if I ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> they were very close to breaking Positive side. Like, I mean, no, but see, no, it was, it's, it's so good that everything comes across wholesale. But you mentioned the parry mechanic. I can't be positive about it. Like, what a mistake. What a pointless inclusion. <laughs> because the gameplay is otherwise perfect and has been since the beginning. And the dodge is what makes it feel fun. Why do they have to add a parry in? And as everyone's complained, like, the, the actual visual prompt is basically the same. Yeah. And then they add the crunch attacks in as well, where you have to dodge instead of parry. And that's practically the same as well. It was just too much for me, which is a shame, because otherwise the game plays practically flawlessly. When you talk about, like... It made me think of um, Horizon Forbidden West and how that game introduced... I can't remember what it's called, but she's got, like, the paraglider sort of thing. Oh, and, yeah, the something And I remember wing. playing that and thinking, like, if I went back to Zero Dawn now, I would just jump off a cliff and die because I forget <laughs> that that's not a mechanic. Same thing with Spider-Man. Without the web wings now, I, j- I just can't imagine it without the web wings. Mm. That's how good they are. And the, the way you can sweep around the city and go, you know, there's, like, the spheres, and it's like, go through these, and you get, like, a big boost, and it feels good every time. Mm-hmm. Like, the traversal's great. And the combat's great, with exception to the parry. <laughs> the parry sucks. We need to get over parry mechanics. Yeah, the traversal is by far the biggest. Like you can, that's a gold. That's a new gold standard. Like that, yeah. especially on PS5, especially with the new technology and everything. But um, you and thought I was going to ask that what we were originally going to open the podcast on was everyone's initial thoughts. Uh, but I just thought it was funny to just keep going with the conversation that we started <laughs> on before hitting the record button. But um, you, in general, thoughts. You can go into whatever direction you want with the minute we're on combat, but. What's yeah, in, yeah. I mean, I, I, was, I have to agree that the parry mechanic felt a little bit clumsy for me at times. Um, but that's one of those things, like, I don't mind getting occasionally getting my ass kicked as Spider-Man. Like, he's Spider-Man. Like, he always looks cool when he's a little bit beaten up. So right. it didn't cause me enough of a frustration for it to be, like, an overwhelming negative. I do think they should have had, like, a better visual to indicate that you need to parry at this point in time. My issue with it is that I think they gave you too much of a, uh, too much of a parry window. I think because the parry, mm. the parryable attacks, they start so slowly and build up. Sometimes you'll end up parrying too soon, and I feel like that slows the momentum down ever so slightly. As far as I'm concerned, I think it's really well integrated in the boss fights, which, for me, are, like, the big highlight of this game. I love what they got away with and achieved with the bosses here in terms of Particularly when you get into that final act and you have all the stuff with, you know, Craven and, you know, Peter and and and, and Venom, obviously. And I enjoy mm-hmm. the lizard fight too. But yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. overall, I, I do think this is like, I, I want to say it's a step up from the original game. And I did say that in the review. Um, I think the thing is, the, like, the story for me is phenomenal. The gameplay is fantastic. I enjoy so much. The thing that I find frustrating about the title is the the lack of open world improvements i feel like given it's been what it's been five years since the 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 
the original Marvel's Spider-Man, mm-hmm. um, which if you go back and play that now, which I have been just as, as for a bit of fun, I went back and looked at it remastered again. I played through the Rikers Island set piece, which is still just an absolutely incredible, like one of the series high points to me. Mm-hmm. Um, there is so much more stuff to do in the open world in the first Marvel Spider-Man um, that I find the lack of interest paid in that direction for the sequel somewhat baffling. It's one of those where I couldn't say that like, oh, this is such a negative that I think it's actually like worse than the first game because I don't think that. I think that this is still really, really good. I just wish that Insomniac had, you know, clearly so much attention and effort was spent on making this like a really cool like tribute to the symbiotes. We're going to make this story super great and compelling and try and match, if not better, what we did in the first game. Um, But I think that somewhere along the way, they forgot that a spy- an open world Spider-Man game needs to feel like it needs to have more stuff in it, and like the side mm-hmm. content overall, I found to be quite repetitive. Um, the crimes and progress didn't get enough of a new lick of paint for me. They added mm-hmm. in, you know, you can occasionally bring people back to the hospital, but that's still nowhere near as much stuff we got in- as we got in Spider-Man Two back in two thousand and four, where yeah. you could you know rescue people from like burning buildings, you could rescue people from like yachts that were capsizing in the Hudson or whatever. It just to me, it felt like they made a great Spider-Man story and just haven't populated the open world enough. And there's, like, weird missing features as well. Like, the fact they haven't brought back a bunch of costumes is somewhat bizarre. Um, mm. And uh, there's stuff as well, like, you can't listen back to podcasts. I don't know, there's 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 some weird stuff here that is, is slightly frustrating. Um, again, I don't want to be too negative, because I, I absolutely adored the game. It's probably my game of the year so far. I haven't played Alan Wake 2 yet, so that's the main reason why. But, <laughs> Shout um, out to Alan Wake 2. I loved it. I think this incarnation of Spider-Man just really gels with me. Like I, I mm-hmm. mentioned it briefly in the review that I'm like the same age as Peter Parker was in the 2018 game, and then I am the same age as him now in the in the sequel, or a little bit older actually. And it's just weird how much of my personal life is aligned with their journey in these games. <laughs> so there are points of the game that really that really landed well for me. But yeah, I think um, it's not quite a full home run. There's so much here that I love, and I love like the storytelling is is brilliant, but. I wish they paid more attention to the open world and also thought about <laughs> not giving Miles that stupid costume at the end because it's truly, <laughs> truly abominable. He walked on into that scene with that on. I was like, Nate, there's an entire... First of all, there's an entire symbiote invasion going on right now. Yeah, where Second, did you get this? Secondly, you're calling it a Miles Morales original. You already designed your own design in yeah, the previous well. game. <laughs> And it just kind of really, like, baffled me. It just felt like really terrible uh, Adidas, like, product placement. Like, oh, yeah. check out these Miles Morales shoes we got. So that's the only, that's the only like, couple things. I think the open world, uh, I think that's the biggest negative that this has going for it at the mm-hmm. moment in time. So what do you think about the other open world stuff? You did a little smile when we and uh, you and mentioned boss battle stuff too, but we can talk yeah, about. Um, I, that's the thing. <laughs> I don't want to feel like we're sitting here ragging on it too hard, but I will. I, I will say I, as well. I agree with like, essentially all of the points that you just made. Really, mm-hmm. like the conversation early up to this point in the year was, you know, about what's going to be game of the year. It's it's a crazy year. There's so much competition, and everyone kept going. Well, just wait until Spider-Man Two because it's going to be up there. And I don't, I don't think no. it's quite close to the conversation at the top of it. Unfortunately, I think they've just missed the mark on it. But I think overall it's really really good i just don't think it's going to be the number one game of the year because of 
issues that we've talked about as you say the open world they added some of brooklyn and some of queens i actually thought it was going to be bigger but whether it's bigger or not i just don't feel like you use it in any meaningful way there's nothing going on you go to brooklyn visions a few times for a few side missions mm. as miles morales uh peter lives in astoria i think and there's coney island which is the, <laughs> the most remarkable part of that side of the map but the rest of it is just like yeah quite unremarkable and they didn't do anything interesting with it unfortunately mm-hmm. um and the other negative, I will do some positives, I promise. The other <laughs> negative is uh, the boss fight. Yeah, the lizard fight in particular. It's awesome, like visually mm. and stuff like that. It's really cool. I really like the Venom versus Craven stuff. It was just mental. It's just so good. <laughs> Every boss fight goes on way too long. Though. Everything has got like four phases. The scream like, fight. Come on. Yeah, that yeah. one That one had like four phases and they were all basically identical. And I was mm. like... It just, it just kind of like, yeah, I've done this now. It's just unfortunate because, yeah, there was a bunch of the screen thing in particular. Just thought, what a wonderful surprise! I was like, that's so cool. And there were so many moments of that's so cool and a nice little nod to the fans. And I think overall, the story of this is at least on par, if not better, than the first game. I thought the writing was really strong. I like the characterization of basically everyone and their evolutions in the time since and sort of the interpersonal relationships where you can see where it's going basically from the beginning with a sort of like the three-way friendship issue with harry now mm. being uh, up and about but there were so many surprises and cool twists along the way i thought yeah overall the story this might be better than the first game it's just a shame that it's let down by a bunch of small admittedly we've had gone on about them but small gameplay things overall mm-hmm. My thing, just to, I'll be Mr. Negative. I'm Martin Lee. My, uh, we'll get the, the biggest <laughs> negative out of the way. Mate. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll, I'll phase shift uh, eventually. But um, yeah, for me, it was just like, I, I, uh, it's nowhere, to me, it's nowhere near Game of the Year. Like the, the caliber of like Final Fantasy 16, Alan Wake 2, Baldur's Gate 3, like there's no, it's nothing near that. To me, the biggest discussion with this game is how economical it is as a sequel, which is one that should be one of the biggest positives, and it can be. But it's like there's a lot of um, reused animation, reused mm-hmm. combat, like fighting. The general feel of it is very, very similar, which is fine. Um, but the stuff that they added, like the the suit powers, there's a lot of crossover between Miles and Peter. Like a lot of the stuff that you're doing, it's a it's a group launcher, or it's you know bring them together and phase them all out at once or whatever. I don't like the to me the powers didn't differentiate it that much. I have quite a bigger issue with the marketing and like um, how much they obviously sold it on Peter and Miles versus Venom. It's in all the key art. It's the big statue that never happens in the game. Like to me, Venom is massive underused like he's only really in it for about half an hour or something at the very very end so half like I hour? really thought that I'd was a huge issue with that he's barely in it like I mean no, that bit when, you, when you play he's as him like is great third of the game no well literally for me when when Venom showed up it was the 14 hour mark and I finished it at 16 so for me it was very very little and so like I liked the bit when you get to play as him but like to me he's barely part of the story and like it was one of those things where I was looking forward to that I thought they would do that big finale of Peter and Miles taking him down but they don't um, so for me there's a bit of a marketing issue that it doesn't pay off the, the big hook of Peter, Miles and Venom as this trio throughout I, I couldn't wait for that to kick off and I, I agree with you Sally the characterization is bang on like I love this version of Peter and Miles and this version of Harry is really fascinating too but mm. to me once the suit shows up and Peter becomes evil Peter almost is literally overnight like it's immediate it feels really hokey on the nose and forced and then for me the rest of it was just such a rush but that's and it feels always, that's always been the case when, when the 90s cartoon introduced that, that, that element of the character where he gets the symbiote suit he mm-hmm. does become insta asshole overnight like that is the entire thing so yeah i mean it's to me whatever like there's a there's a tone there's a sense of pace like to the the overall presentation of this but if you're complaining about venom not being in 
mm-hmm. as soon as you would like and now you're you're arguing that there should have been like a slower development of pace to peter's like decline like it's kind of like it's a difficult i agree there's like a kind of like a difficult situation here where you can't like i like the slow build up here because <clears throat> i i thought it was kind of like the layering the mystery of who could ten- who could potentially be venom yeah yes. because yeah. like you know you had the whole tease where you think that maybe peter the symbiote suit evolving is just eventually going to evolve into Venom. There's even that great bit in the opening where the symbiote comes through Norman's arm almost mm. and like different characters are wearing black and stuff like that. So, I, I mean, I, I'm fine with the amount of Venom that we get in the end, especially when we get so much <laughs> symbiote stuff towards the end and it pulls from um, Donny Cates and Ryan Stegman's run on the, the Venom comic book, which again, we have to talk about because uh, those guys don't appear to have been compensated for the sheer amount of no. stuff that's been put into the game which is just mm-hmm. absolute shocking typical um stupid superhero medium stuff where mm-hmm. the people who contribute the most get the least um, and i'm disappointed with insomniac for that because we've seen it before where companies have gone out of their way to offer creative consultancy work to these guys so they're at least getting some income from their work being used but seemingly that did not happen here <laughs> yeah but yeah look, my, like, like i said a, a big core issue with the marketing the payoff the venom stuff to me massively underused like um, and I'm, i mean tony todd's venom like the proper venom big ass venom like that's what i want and like and, and the payoff to that stuff all of the stuff with um peter being super evil harry being immediately ready to become venom all that stuff felt super super rushed which like i said is my overall point i feel like there's a there's a economic reality to the fact that they've turned over so many games insomniac have turned over so many games in the last five years and it's a herculean task like they are phenomenal as a dev but at the same time you've had three spider-man games ratchet and clank rift apart and the remaster of the 2018 one and i think you can tell like um towards the end of this game it feels like quite a lot of stuff was cut in regards to the the peter versus venom stuff across the city like that scene starts where they go to chase each other and then we cut and we play miles instead um, I wouldn't be surprised if it comes out in the next couple of years that more stuff was cut from the back third of the game. Because to me, there's a huge pacing issue for the first two thirds versus how the third feels. And all the stuff with the symbiote invasion and everything and how big that feels because it consumes New York. But it, it doesn't really feel like New York itself is responding to it, whether that be a police presence thing or the Avengers or whatever the hell. Like, to me, there's an issue there with just the way it was marketed, the reality of how it came together. And to me, what they assumedly took out to still get it over the finish line and charge us £70 for it and, and etc., so for me, there's an issue with that. Um, the stealth as well, I think, is completely broken and pointless by the time you get any of the powers. Like, the web zip stuff is cool. The fact that you can send lines anywhere, that's awesome. But you don't need to. Like, once you have the ability to grab 20 dudes at once, you can just do that and steamroll everything, which is potentially awesome because it makes you feel like the power of the suit. And I thought they were doing a really cool metatextual thing with that when you get the abilities as Peter. And I was like, oh, man, I feel super powered. I'm actually going to go and do all these hunter missions and all these uh, hunter blinds and everything. that I, You know, I'm going to mop them all up right now, th- tonight, and in the the nighttime portion of the story um, because I feel so overpowered how much of a great line to walk is that that I feel empowered as a player and Peter knows he's giving into this power but to me they don't really do anything with that and they don't pay it off and um, like I said, it just kind of felt rushed. But those are my co- my core things with it. Um, and then it's the repetitiveness of the open world, which again, I would say is a reality of the the economic reality of the game, that they were just like, let's design five things and then times by 10, that's your open world. Um, and then like Sai said, the new portions of the open world itself, they're so underused, um, which I can only assume a level of get this game over the finish line kind of thing um, to get it turned around. So yeah, I mean, that's my beef with it. It's it's what I thought it was going in and the, and the version of a Spider-Man 2 story that they advertised and then the reality of how it comes together in that back third um, and then certain things like the um, the stealth stuff and the, the repetitiveness of the open world. Um, traversal stuff though, unbelievable. Like that's that has to be the new standard for 
wingsuits in games. Like Crackdown 2 can eat it going forward because it's not <laughs> remotely close to that again. Um, wait, but so, yeah, wait, so, wait, wait. Are you, are you pro web wing now? I don't know. No, not really. I, oh! I like... I do. I like. I like, <laughs> I like the web wings. I like wingsuits. Wingsuits are fine. But I'm. I'm. I. Spider Man swings. I don't need him to to fly. What the air current stuff in this is borderline. I don't need this because that just makes it into Superman, and I can fly over the whole water. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's swing, my my negative with the with the traversal here is that I think the sense of speed momentum is fantastic. Like, there's literally a point where I was playing this game and I felt my ass ascending into my chest. Like it's like the, <laughs> like you do feel kind of like when you're going at those top speeds. Mm-hmm. My issue with is with it is that I think it's emblematic of the fact that they haven't put enough stuff in the open world to justify you slowing down to take a minute to look at stuff. Yeah. The highlight with the original Marvel Spider-Man for me was how organically they integrated the kind of lore and world building. Like the backpacks were so addictive for a reason. I enjoyed mm. that. The landmarks gave you incentive to check out what how Insomniac's version of New York was was mm. arranged. And there just isn't that here this time no. around. You can go and find the Baxter building in this game if you want to. It's it's where um, Fisk's Tower used to be and there's the, the Fantastic Four logo is being painted slowly or whatever. But, mm-hmm. you know, you can go to the Wakandan Embassy and do the, the Black Panther salute as well. But it's it's never... Like, it's never layered in in a way to encourage you to explore, which I think is, like, just a big issue with, with like, how the open world is, is, is presented. Like, you're right, there mm-hmm. isn't enough stuff to do in here like the, the, to me to me the, the the side mission here that i was like that when i was playing through it the first time the flame stuff i was like oh this is kind of a little bit mare i hope they have another big side mission in here and that's the biggest side mission they have in the game you know and <laughs> yeah. like that is i mean i enjoy all the mysterium stuff the finale to that is fantastic you know it mm-hmm. is basically like scarecrow's nightmares from batman arkham but you know <laughs> arkham legacy continues um but yeah i mean like i just uh I, I it's weird being like having to take in this time and be like oh you know I'm so down on it in different ways because I really did love it I think mm-hmm. it's just the fact that you, the, the improvements to me were so obvious that it feels bizarre that they weren't addressed because everyone was asking for better open world crimes and stuff like this and yeah. you know the, the weird mm. thing as well i don't know if you guys have completed the spider bots side mission mm-hmm. yet not all of them yeah but i'd just go for you, it so the end of that uh, it's a spot it's a it's a tie over a tie into across the spider-verse and you know that movie had a really troubled production as well um mm-hmm. the character that you meet at the end of the spider bot side quest was cut from the across the spider-verse movie apparently <laughs> so it's just like you basically meet a character that you have no knowledge of anyway and it just feels kind huh. of like it just feels like a weird t- I think they should have used you know I don't know I, just, I think I, f- I find it weird because at this point in time with my superhero relationship I'm so burnt out on crossovers and like oh we're gonna like build a universe and we've got to talk about things and like introduce these characters I think the one part of the charm of the old Spider-Man games especially the PS1 one and the ultimate Spider-Man title was that they felt a part of like a Marvel universe that, that felt believable and it just gets to a point here where it's like oh okay, I guess I can hang out with Wraith and Miles Morales when I stop a crime, but why isn't, like, Daredevil hopping in the Hell's Kitchen well, see, or whatever? To that end, like, my thing, like, th- th- that's kind of what I'm getting at with the feel of the 2018 one, where it had it felt like it had confinements to the story, whereas, like, in this one, we've got portals that can go immediately to Paris or go, like, immediately to, like, the North Pole or whatever it was. And it's, like, stuff like that, which, yeah, massively ties into that feeling of, like, you could say the 90s Spidey or, like, the overall um, amount of different stories that can be told across Spider-Man fiction but it's not the, t- the type of feel that i thought we were getting from this new version kind of thing or the insomniac version um, and then doing multiverse stuff and everything else like that's just that's almost immediately exhausting to me because it's everything that i'm sick of in the wider mcu stuff but um so what do you think about all this stuff because me and you have talked a lot 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. Mm. Yeah, well, <laughs> when it comes to that, this is almost like we talked about this a week or two or whatever ago on the podcast saying about, you know, when it comes to Spider-Man 3 as the fourth game now at this point, what are they going to do with the open world? Because they're going to have to mix it up a little bit. In this mm. game, obviously, the way that they didn't do anything with the open world as it was, mm -hmm. um, certainly it's going to, if they just do the same thing again, people are going to be kind of burnt out on it, I think. So there are, and I think my suggestion was that you're going to have to do some wacky sci-fi stuff with portals and upside down Manhattan <laughs> or some kind of bizarre alternate reality stuff. Mm. And this game does trend towards that, as we talked about a little bit earlier on with uh, the portal the spider-verse portal but i don't think we're to go that route necessarily mm. but we're we're trending in a more breaking things open and alternate realities and all kinds of wacky stuff coming up next which is interesting and i hope hopefully they do make a big thing about it because and hopefully people are calling out all these issues that you guys have pointed out when it comes to 
the random crimes and the re like the complete reusage of that was barely anything added to it. Mm. Yeah, you're, it's which is a real shame, and it just kind of makes New York feel flat because of it. Um, when I it comes you- to the story, though, I actually mm. thought the pace was really, really good, and maybe that's just because like. Depends on how you play it, right? Because you were saying about 14, 16 hours. When I, I didn't look at the timer for this game, but when I got the 100% and turned it off, it said like 37. Right. I was like, okay, that's reasonable. So, um, But I stopped every now and then to go, I'm going to go do these for a bit now. So maybe the pace helped there. And something that I did like out about that was at a certain point in the story, uh, Peter will react to the world around him slightly differently, like his dialogue slightly different. Because if he's moody black suit Peter, like he's more aggressive and stuff. And the traversal, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the um, the traversal music changes throughout, which I really like. It's a very small detail, but I like that that changed throughout the story to kind of give you a, a tone and a mood of what's going on. So you'll hear that more and more if you stop and go do something else instead of just committing to the main path. So for me, the path uh, the pacing wasn't a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't <laughs> I, I did see some like tweets and stuff that were like including yours Scott that was like you know 19 minutes of Venom and stuff like that <laughs> it's like uh, that, so maybe that prepared me for very little but I didn't feel that way at all I thought mm-hmm. like the story is absolutely a highlight and the fact that we spent so long on the lead up to release wondering who was going to turn out to be Venom and they just went they went with Harry which is perfectly <laughs> fine but throughout the game as you guys said there's so many teases that it could be XYZ at one point I was sure it was going to be Craven I was like, oh, okay. he's dying yeah, he's, yeah, he's yeah, hunting yeah. symbiote Spider-Man mm-hmm. yeah he's a big like he dude I was it. like that would be really interesting what a cool direction and they didn't mm-hmm. do that but I was like do you know what it's cool though because he had a cool death <laughs> he actually like that gameplay sequence I thought was genius because Insomniac play around with perspective really well there the bit before you take control of venom is one of my favorite like gaming moments full stop now because the way the camera shifts perspective constantly you think okay harry's got the symbiote camera kind of comes towards where you are as peter so oh i'm getting ready to fight him now Mm -hmm. and then it it changes again you're like wait wait is this going to continue to be a cutscene? and then it goes back to behind venom and then you can assume control him like i thought like regardless of how you think about how that gameplay sequence like pans out i thought that was a very clever usage of perspective and again i really enjoy like they say the twist and turns i i lost my like brain for anti-venom um i should have seen that coming because mr negative is involved in anti-venom's origins in the comics and i should have thought oh wait of course that would make sense um but i like that idea and i think in terms of long-term implications where the story goes next i think it's it's interesting that it seems as if peter will keep the symbiote and it, he will be anti-venom which i think is a very cool idea for where you're going mm. with the next game or whatever and then, like, obviously into endgame conversations, you know, Peter taking a bit of a break, Miles becoming terrible suit Spider-Man as the long-term maybe solution while Peter <laughs> relaxes for a little bit. And then the completely left-field inclusion of Cindy Moon, a.k.a. Silk, um, at the very end, which I guess maybe they're going to introduce as a another Spider-Origin character, potentially. Yes, um, was it like Spider-Man 2, 2 Spidey, Spider-Man 3, 3 Spidey? Well, I'll, I'll take my half a point, because I said, didn't I, that it was my prediction was that Peter was going to retire and it's going to be Miles and Gwen. And they didn't mm. go Gwen, they went less obvious, so props to them for that. I was So <laughs> I'll take my half a point, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, yeah, it's the, the, the third game looks to be is like you can have a fragile alliance between Doc, Ark, and Norman. I think maybe... Mm. Doc is going to build Green uh, Norman's. Well, he's got he asks he asks for the G sir at the end. I wonder if Doc Ock's going to help him build his own goblin armor or whatever, and mm. you'll go oh, from okay. there. And that'll bring Peter back out of it and stuff. Mm-hmm. 
Is um, that whole thing with the G serum? I don't know enough about Hobgoblin, but could we get a thing where you end up with Harry and Norman and Hobby and regular Gobby are I mean, both coming out potentially, together? Potentially, that would be a cool way of changing it because obviously you've only ha you only ever have one at the time. Obviously, it was Norman to begin with, and then Norman dies, and then Harry assumes the role of Green Goblin because he's so grief stricken that Spidey has you know mm. been involved in in Norman's death or whatever. That would be a cool way of subverting it and making that you have two goblins to deal with. Um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I think like. I'm I'm looking forward to where the story's going to go. Cindy Moon is such like an like a, a wild inclusion for me because I'm like mm. okay, um, but hopefully, like you say, like we, we've talked so much about the flaws of this game. Hopefully, the third game can like go above and beyond and actually like realize different aspects of that. And obviously, yeah. until then, we we have Wolverine to come as well. So how's yeah. that going to like play into it? Because that's confirmed they... to be set in the same universe and stuff. Yeah, they left a lot of stuff hanging for me that I'm really, really interested in. Like, there's several villain threads there we just talked about with uh, the goblins and stuff. We have Chameleon as well being revealed, which I was kind of hoping for throughout the game. I was like, okay, mm. cool, because we're running low on some of the more iconic um, introductions for villains. We've done a lot of them at this point. And, of course, the big one that sadly got spoiled for me was Carnage. Mm -hmm. like, which of these are going to carry forward into the eventual spider-man 3 are some of these going to be dlc chapters are we going to yeah, get DLC for this I game? Think. i expect we are um which ones are going to land where we should talk about um like speaking of villains that made me think of everything with obviously we haven't talked about craven yet but like the reality of wasting various main villains off screen which i i in the moment personally didn't have much of a problem with like i was like i love the fact that they're letting craven kill main i always right. love when main characters can die i always love that stuff and i love the scene where craven kills scorpion and then it's like i guess i can see people like the argument that like oh you know like when you then find out um, the scene of like, oh, you know, he's killed um, Shocker and Vulture and whatever off screen. In the moment, I was just like, cool, this dude's been busy. Like, that's awesome. Oh my God, they're all just taken care of. Um, I kind of thought overall that Craven, it didn't, they didn't max out Craven's appeal though. Like the the reason he's fighting all that kind of stuff is tucked away behind the hunter blinds and finding the collectibles. And you get bits and pieces of it in the main story. But I think a lot of it hinges on the collectibles and, and just finding audio diaries kind of thing. Um, so I thought it was a little bit weak overall. I didn't really think that, I mean, it's just me. I didn't think like Craven was that great overall it's fine big meathead dude is coming after you but he's got a real reason to do it like it's it's fine but like i don't know where either of you came down on that you and me were a craven fan i mean i i like craven to be a bit more of an anti-hero in my book that's like kind of where i come from in like the 90s spider-man cartoon stuff where it's mm. like oh he's the serum is driving him that way i thought he was the, the story went very very dark with him obviously we've, we've gotten dark before like literally i think marvel spider-man has one of the most harrowing depictions of terrorism in video games um, mm. and obviously like here you go really dark with all his stuff with his family i mean it's it's fine it's not my craven i think it's one of those where like i think it, it works the purposes of the story you know he it's kind of integrating aspects of craven's last hunt only he has more of his faculties together i guess i mean depending on how you treat being a homicidal dude who wants to hunt the most dangerous <laughs> game or whatever Mm -hmm. um it, it worked fine for me i think the thing the issue that you, you pick up on there is that so much of the story here is told through like it's almost gta 5 levels of obnoxiousness where you're getting so many audio cues of like oh here's a phone call here's another yeah. phone call here's an audio diary that for me did great fair. after a while totally yeah that's fair i'll give a quick shout out by the way to vk's games and grub longtime podcast fan who did say that maybe there's a craven chapter of dlc and you're going mm. to see a bit more of him like killing off members of the sinister sticks which 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 would be cool and give him <laughs> a bit more screen time because yeah he probably could do with a little bit more because i thought it was really interesting but yeah that they, they could have fleshed it out a little bit more he could have had a little more screen time considering mm -hmm. he was kind of build as as big of the big bad but then yeah because like that whole jobs. 
the way the game kind of rolls out at the very beginning, like oh, you have the whole Sandman sequence, and then we almost start over again. You cut to Craven, yeah. you show what he's up to, and then Craven comes in, and I, I was like, oh man, that's cool. Like I've, I've, you know, standard Spidey stuff, like way too much on his plate. He's just, he's just trying to go from A to B, but all these other elements keep getting in in the way. And uh, I really thought that Craven and the Hunters, like Craven the Hunter and the Hunters, would feel a lot more omnipresent in the city. Like they are the only enemy type you fight for way too long. IMO, but. I still thought that, like, you know, you'd you'd get jumped by Craven as you're going between places, or you'd feel hunted. Like, there was that whole opening bit about him finding the ultimate prey and the ultimate target and everything. Um, yeah, I guess it's just for me, overall, I thought Craven was pretty undercooked, even though there that are things to point to. Something really cool that you could have added to the open world where you can accidentally just, like, wander into traps and stuff. Like, yeah, you're yeah. flying through and you've, you know, you... This, or something this know. is what you want it's... you want kind of like an, a man bat moment from arkham knight totally you, where something mm. kind of comes at you from the open world way too much of the open world design here and i think ign mentioned it in their review which is a really solid one where they mentioned that so much of the open world design here feels like it's 12 years ago like you have yeah. to go to x thing which triggers x event there's no kind of you know spontaneity to the open world there which mm-hmm. is a bit of a shame Mm-hmm. Yeah, very checkboxy. The um, we didn't talk about the um, the actually one thing for the open world. Um, I don't know if either of you tried this or if you did this back in two thousand four. Um, but you can't go to the Statue of Liberty in this game. Um, I remember in the um, two thousand four one, you could you could you could actually swing on the helicopters and get all the way there. And child me was blown away that they let you do that in the original game. In this one, um, I should have mentioned this before when we were talking about what could they do for Spidey three and the, the parts of the environment they can open up because I guess the Statue of Liberty is still something they can do. Um, but there are parts of this where um, there's obviously the boundaries to the world itself and you can see the boundary on the map but if you try and swing to the Statue of Liberty or you try and swing into some of the train tunnels it just gives you a big warning and says you are out going outside the play area and just forces you back in again and that's one of those things that only reinforces my general perception that the bits of this were cut bits of this were um, like at some point we need a hard line on this thing player cannot go here um, you know because we don't have a, a cute cutscene way of figuring this out kind of thing um, but yeah I don't know like the, the things like that I just wanted to throw that in is like that was a bit like oh that's a bit disappointing when they've got so many the ferry and the boats and the helicopters going back and forward to Statue of Liberty but you can't jump on the thing yeah Um, yeah. I mean I think I would very much enjoy the ability to hitch a ride on more of the trains and actually like go because I mean GTA 5 has it where you can go through the LA subway and stuff I think Mm -hmm. it would make sense for Insomniac to do a similar thing here Mm -hmm. yeah I mean it it all comes down to just different parts of the open world just feeling like um, a a little bit kind of like boxy like you just have like a cardboard playground to to move around with Mm. and again like it looks brilliant it's great to swing around in it's just the fact there isn't enough to interact with there like before the game came out i was really hoping that they'd give us some um random nonsense to do with spider-man like we all make fun of it but yeah exactly (laughs) we all we all make fun of the music was great like i would love to be able to just like oh peter needs to make some money um here's a pizza delivery that you can go make right now or like oh he needs to do this you can like i, I think it just needs more nonsense and the thing mm. that i think about like within something Spider-Man, as much as i enjoy all the emotional depth and whatever there needs to be a degree of levity to you know spider-man has gone from uh fighting the sinister six in the previous game taking down wilson fisk to now he's doing the alien invasion stuff we need to see a little bit more friendly neighborhood stuff and i know they do that with miles side missions with like yeah. the um with the friendly neighborhood app stuff and like the stuff with Howard as well, which is brilliant and completely crushed me. Um, <laughs> but they need uh, they needed more of like that's still emotionally that's a lot of that stuff still really emotionally charged. Yeah, and I feel like you just needed a little bit of fun to go along with that 
Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's also the thing that like when you're taking like that that Howard mission's great. There's another um, one with like an older man who's wandered away from their carer, and you could like keep him company for a bit. And it's like those those are really very nicely written, emotionally resonant beats of that game. Like that um, Howard mission, like the bit a bit of music that plays, and you get to explore the city with the pigeons and everything. That feels almost crafted from a, a, an in motion Spider Man game that we didn't get a full version of, compared to how sort of arbitrary and threadbare. Um, things like the um, open world combat scenarios are like in the first two games you had all these different um, areas to clean out in this you get the hunter blinds which is one wave of enemy per area and then you go to what is like four warehouses in total and they're all one one hit and done and that's yeah, kind of yeah, it the hunter blinds the warehouses the the uh, the stupid um the one that leads you to chameleon the 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 scout drone ones where you gotta follow oh, yeah. their path and do that repeat. Oh, it's a lot of yeah. rinse and repeat stuff yeah mm-hmm. These, um, we didn't talk about the costumes. I don't, actually, I didn't realize the time has flown. We've done over a half an hour. But um, thoughts on the costume stuff? Because you and you mentioned there's a lot of stuff that they didn't bring forward. But I thought there's going in that a lot of the new suits look terrible. And nothing changed me on that. I haven't actually been unlocking them. Because I'm like, I'm not wasting this, my tokens on this. My big issue with the costumes in this game, and it kind of goes back to a trend with superhero designs and video games in general, is that a lot of them just feel really overly designed. There's a real big emphasis on how many lines, how many effects, how many things can we put on the suit. And it kind of hmm. comes back to, I don't know if you guys are the same but like when you were kids did you when you wanted to get like a batman or spider-man action figure you never wanted like freeze action batman or jungle, all the weird like knockoff ones spider-man <laughs> no, no no those were legit ones you would have like uh, yeah yeah, yeah. Part yeah, yeah. Of the, the action batman figure, in like, the orange thing yeah with the parachute. yeah, yeah. That's it's like I spider-man with I, don't, a I don't want solar flare <laughs> batman i just want batman yeah. or i just want spider-man and i think the issue that a lot of these like when they're commissioning these <laughs> artists to design these suits they're thinking too heavily about that kind of... And a lot of them do look really okay. It's a shame to me because there are so many great suits that they didn't bring across in the previous game too. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Like, there's, there's some stuff that I feel like is missing personally and it's even more annoying given that they make slight appearances in the spider bots where you can see, oh, we've got these suits here. So, mm. I don't know. Like, it's... um, it. It, it's a weird array of stuff. Like, I just wish that there was more to it. And again, like, it emblematic to me is, is Miles' unlockable, well, the suit that he gets at the end, which is just a complete abomination. Like, Sarah, <laughs> Sarah Pichelli's design from Ultimate Spider-Man in 2010, um, it's, or 2011, rather, um, it's aged perfectly. There's a reason why it's the gold standard for Miles Morales' suits. Um, I don't understand why Marvel in general keeps trying to you know divest from that i don't know like it yeah it, it frustrated me how much in here just did not look like it, it didn't look great <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah there's, there's things like that it's um because you get various suits for completing the open world side missions but the, when the general feel is like well it's probably not going to be worth it it doesn't massively encourage you to seek those things down when the standard ones you're getting are so randomly thrown together anyway there is a wolverine suit in here which i thought was yep. interesting in regards to obviously insomniac doing that yeah. next anyway but um side thoughts on the the visuals yeah largely agreed unfortunately the suits kind of just fall into two categories of as you say over designed lots of metal pieces futuristic kind of <laughs> in whatever and then just variations on the same thing like mm-hmm. there's like three or four black suit spider-mans or whatever and it's like yeah okay i guess they <laughs> are slightly different but like where's the interesting stuff <laughs> yeah and there's so much you know dan durkin wanted me to shout out you know so many cut from the original game and we talked about it in on slack last week it's just a shame because there some of them are represented in 
the spider bots, which feels like a bit of a tease, yeah. really. And you're like, oh, yeah, I remember that cool look. Shame I can't wear it now. Instead, I've got <laughs> I was, wear I, XYZ. I was absolutely mm-hmm. desperate for them to include Mark Bagley's sensational Spider-Man costume, which is the Spider-Man suit that Ben Riley gets when he replaced Peter Parker as Spider-Man in the 90s. Yeah. And it's mentioned in the Spider-Bot thing, but yet yeah, you can't actually have it here. And I'm just like, <laughs> it's there. Just need to make it's it right not there, a little guys. robot. And like, I don't know, like, it, yeah. I, it's such a weird feeling right now because i loved my time with this game like i really mm-hmm. did like I, there was a reason i gave it four and a half stars mm-hmm. uh, and we felt i think it's one of those things where for me when the experience stands out as being so great that the fact that when the flaws are this obvious it's so easy to dwell on them because they are really obvious things that are weird they weren't addressed um but i guess my thing is like does that make it a bad sequel or like a bad game and i don't know if it makes it a bad game because i still think i had no. as great a time with it as the original no for sure i think it's just a frustrating lack of like i, I it, it kind of just it, it baffles me slightly that those things weren't like i it's one of my biggest pet peeves when, when sequels pointlessly remove stuff from i think mm. we've got like several lists on this phenomenon where it's literally like a case of like you had a thing in this previous game and they removed like you can't even listen back to podcasts like that's like that's yeah like, that's bizarre. they've not even added new game plus yet i think that's coming in like no it's probably it's coming in the future it's, it's and it goes back to what you're saying scott like the idea that maybe they have to like get this out this year and there were certain things they just didn't add in time which mm-hmm. for me if you're sony i understand because you haven't had that many ps5 exclusives this year and you need something to close out the holidays especially with the across the spider-verse marketing crossover or whatever mm-hmm. um but to me, it makes more sense to give your best, or one of your your best developers, more time to make sure they they get everything in there. But like the stuff we're talking about is small. Like it's not like big big issues. It's like little yeah. things no. that that I really feel have, have been completely weirdly ignored. Yeah, Simon, what do you think of that stuff? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to theorize, but unfortunately, it does make me slightly worried considering that the next game that they're going to build it has to be completely different with Wolverine like yeah. and these small issues that we like could have been tightened up you kind of done a bit here more might become bigger issues if they're like this is the deadline and it's like well we are so much further away from that deadline because we don't have anything to build where well, we have less to build from because it's going to mm-hmm. be its own thing entirely which well, is that's the thing I, like the, yeah the amount that they've got in on in the works the amount of plates they're spinning yeah, like sure. like a you can go the last five years. Like all the games I reeled off before, but add planning and executing on assumedly an early version of Wolverine across that time period as well. Um, it's just insane for me. It just it firmly sits in that category of another boring Sony sequel, and I have to imagine from the top <laughs> down because for me it's right alongside God of War Ragnarok and Horizon Forbidden West. Like the presentation is incredible. There's one element they do very well, but there's so much carryover and so much hyper extension of what went before. Um, and the the best elements, at least to me, for Horizon and God of War were in thematics and were in character depictions and were in the everything other than the gameplay. Thankfully, Spidey Two has incredible traversal, but um, this for me there's something happening over it. So I think, I mean, right now we've got the head of Sony stepping down next year. Connie Booth's apparently been fired according to various rumors behind the scenes as a veteran producer. And um, it seems like they're having a bit of a shakeup in regards to what they thought was going to be their future. Live service stuff, get rid of the single player stuff. And that seems to be shaking out differently anyway. Um, but I look at something like this and I just have to imagine the realities of what led to it. And that would mean cutting corners, changing things, reducing scope, Get just get it over the finish and get it done. Like you and said, have a good first party game available this year. So you have some ready to go into Christmas and um, things like that Spider-Verse thing only illuminate the fact that they maybe did have a a way for this to line up over time but the way that Spider-Verse was handled apparently was a a bit of a mess as well so like I don't know there's um to me you can feel it I could feel it when I was playing through it where it just it just felt a bit undercooked a bit too reused a little bit too much 
um, like I said, boring Sony sequel. And I think they've done three in a row now, um, for me anyway. And um, it's just one of those things that stands out where I, I thought it would be so much more than this. Um, but those would be my closing thoughts. I uh, We should <laughs> end on this maybe more positive. You and closing potentially positive thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I, I loved it. Like, again, like we spent a lot of time talking about the negatives here. I think it's because it's mm. like, again, like it, it, there's, there's the standard that Insomniac has set has been so high that when things fall short, it, it's easy to dwell on those aspects. But overall, like I loved, I loved this game. Um, it's like, it's, it may not be as quote unquote complete as the, pre- as its predecessor, but I think in terms of what it achieves, I very much enjoy it. I think the story for me hit really hard, you know, diving into the idea of like, you know, quarter life crises and like mm. reckoning with the loss of loved ones and, and, you know, maturing and how scary it is to enter a new chapter in your life and stuff like that. Again, like it, it all these, these, these elements are like, I'm at the right age to kind of, for it to hit really hard um and i love the presentation i love the relationship that that peter and harry had there's like a whole big story analysis that we could do here i think because i think you know this this for me is one of the the, the best depictions of spider-man and again it stands in stark contrast to where the character is in the comics where he has not been allowed to grow for what feels like 20 mm-hmm. years now um whereas you know you look at something like this or, or spider-verse where it's like oh no we're going to show peter parker at different stages in his life this to me is where the heart and soul of, of the original Marvel comics done by Stanley, Steve Ditko, Jack Kirby. That's where it all lies. And um, yeah, that's, that's again, like, I, I loved it. And I think like the finale and everything. Yeah, no, I, I loved it. I just, I just wish we should definitely do. Um, we'll do a proper story focused breakdown because like in terms of actual specific plot beats, we didn't focus on too many of them um, just because there is such a there is like a diverging or um what do you call it dividing line emerging around the game the more time there's been since launch like the amount of general conversations that there are around the stuff it does phenomenally and then like you just said you and being like mm, but i wish this was good too and i think like maybe get that out the way and then we can talk about the story stuff but side closing thoughts yeah there was just so much expectation which is what makes it kind of sting when there's just uh just a few too many little blemishes in 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 various aspects of the game and most of it actually comes down to gameplay i guess because as i say i think the story was phenomenal it's a worthy sequel in that regard absolutely like the way that it carried everything over storytelling wise i think i prefer i think i prefer over the first game in that instance but when it comes to someone would ask me what is the better game of the two i think yeah you and you said complete i think the first game has to win out because it does feel like a more rounded out experience um, mm-hmm. And this is just, you know, there's just a few, too many holes that are easy to poke through, which is a real shame because it's a really, like, if I had to put a number on it, it's a solid, like, eight and a half out of ten or maybe something. Yeah. Right. It's re- it's, it's which really is still good. great. And yeah. I have no issue with iterative sequels whatsoever. But this one is a little bit on the flaky side, as we said, in terms of the stuff that they really should have improved over time or added to or just changed in some way why is the crime <laughs> stuff the same like yeah you were just, i hadn't even thought about it but i didn't bother with it at all because it's like oh i've done all this already in the last two games mm-hmm. it's a shame. even stuff it's like um, shame, but, uh, when like a car gets stolen it's like they remove one of the button prompts from yeah, that which is simply, fine but yeah. it's a shame because otherwise it is a really good game that is just being let down by these little yeah holes that mm-hmm. you can poke through it unfortunately yeah, a fascinating release though. What you want in a game uh, in a year like this? No, I, I think it's like yeah, this year is ridiculous. Like I still want to attempt. I don't know how I'm going to do this. I haven't asked any of you yet how to do this. But I was like, do we attempt to rank everything that released this year and do one <laughs> of you know those big, this. you know those big like tier ranking graphics where it's all the multicolored oh thing? We just God, put, yeah, put everything into Gong that. and Colum, so, um, Gong, Gong, Kong, Gong, and Gollum, uh, Gollum <laughs> and Kong Skull Island. 
<laughs> yeah, break a pool cue in half, toss it to them, see who fights the last place. <laughs> Red, <laughs> Red Bull <laughs> in the middle. Um, but yeah, for now, this has been the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I've been your host, Scott Tilford, joined by you and Patterson. Goodbye. And joined by Cy White. Tarah. A massive thank you to all of you for listening, and we'll catch you very soon. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.